Hey friends, welcome to the Life with Chris and Tatum podcast, where each week we'll talk about practical and relevant topics to help you live a life of freedom and purpose. Thanks for joining us today. For more information, please visit lifefellowship.tv. And now let's tune in with Chris and Tatum. Everybody, welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. I am so excited that you've chose to join with us today. Every week, we put out a brand new podcast, and it's really our prayer that you are inspired, that it adds value to you and helps you grow in your walk with God, in your leadership, and really helps to propel you to a a new place and a new level in your life. And so if these are uh, impacting you in a great way. Why don't you join uh, with so many others and uh, share this out on social media or uh, with your friends and uh, give us a great review. And I know that we're going to continue to be able to bring great content that is going to take you uh, to new places with God and and your leadership. Today, I'm so uh, thankful that um, Pastor Jeff, our executive pastor here at Life Fellowship, is with us, and I'm, I've asked him to come and be a part of this because really all of our staff and our teams are um, they're led by you. Mm-hmm. You know, you help uh, drive and um, and lead and coach all of our pastoral teams, our staff teams here at Life Fellowship, and so a big welcome to you, man. <laughs> well, thank you. It's great to be here. I know I don't. My voice isn't quite as high as as Tatum, so everybody will have to get used to that, but. Yeah. Hey, Glad to be here. We're going to have a lot of fun. And let me just say this. This lesson today, I believe, is going to be applicable whether you are a marketplace leader, whether you're in ministry, whether you are raising a family and, and your kids or your team. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are serving on a team. Uh, I believe that every one of us can grow in our leadership. We can grow in, in better ways. And... Um, so today, whether this is applicable to where you're exactly at right now, take it and run with it. Um, use it. Teach it to others. And or allow it to spur you on and prepare you for the next season that God is bringing you to. Because the reality is, is that everything that God wants to do, it always flows through teams. Mm-hmm. You know, when I think about it, he always sent people out two by two. Yep. You know, he he put husband and a wife together. He put the church together. Uh, God always works through teams. He doesn't work through individuals just by themselves to to make a massive difference. Yep, for sure. Yeah, the 12 disciples. So there's always a group of people, a team. You're exactly right. Now, if we're not functioning uh, together, <laughs> we can be a dysfunctioning team, or we're not a winning team anymore. Sure. And then that's miserable to be a part of. Yep, yeah. And you can see that in sports. Uh, that's the teams that don't work t- well together as a team aren't the successful teams. So typically, you can, if you look at outcomes of teams, it's a quick, easy indication of whether the team is healthy or not. Yeah, and so we, our goal is to build great teams. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Yes, it's a challenge though at times. Yeah, yeah, it is. But today, we're going to actually share with you three different keys of how do you develop a winning team and. Uh, I want to just jump right into this. And, you know, uh, Pastor Jeff, you've been uh, all over America coaching. I mean, you've coached hundreds of churches. You know, what you've done here with our staff has been absolutely exceptional. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. But all of that is, it it drives around the topic of teams. And so the first thing, how do you do it? Number one, you got to cultivate a healthy environment. And I think 
of all three of these, um, this could be the most important one, maybe to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but environment is is what you're experiencing. And I, I say it like this, that when the atmosphere is right, things grow healthy. Mm-hmm. And when the wrong atmosphere is present, the wrong things start growing. Sure. Yeah. It's a matter of fact, healthy things grow. So uh, environment, and when I think about environment, I think of what what does it feel like? And we're not led by feelings, but feelings can be an indication of something just being a little wonky, being a little bit off. If you're in a, a room and the environment feels warm, it's pretty easy, easy to discern it's warm in here. Or if it's cool, it's cool in here. There's something that we have to have our eyes and ears and our our um, our senses aware so that we're really measuring the environment. Is it healthy? And and we'll get that sense of whether it's healthy or not. You know, I, I think about it like this. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'd almost say that even some unhealthy things grow too. For sure. Yeah. 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 Like I've been in my son's bedroom before. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have sons, so yeah. I don't know about that. And man, he takes a shower and I'm like, dude, hang up that... <laughs> The the towel he's drying off with because after a little while it starts smelling musty, and if and if Daddy didn't go in there to say, dude, you need to pick that up. <laughs> There's some unhealthy. There would be things some unhealthy in things there. growing in there. <laughs> so Nash, if you're listening, make sure you clean up, clean up that bathroom. There'd be a lot of things growing in there. That's awesome. You know, so in in uh, unhealthy environments, the wrong things start growing, like yes. bitterness, resentment, yeah. you know, self doubt, and you're just not believing in others. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's interesting to me that before God ever created the plants in the book of Genesis, before he ever created the animals, before he ever created um, the birds or humanity, the first thing he did is he created the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't have the right atmosphere, if you don't have the right environment, uh, you can try to grow all the things that you want and none of it will ever happen. Mm-hmm. It'll never grow because it's not sustaining that. And there's so many of us that we're trying to grow great teams, great families, great ministries. Yeah. And we've not even worked on trying to get the atmosphere right. We just think about, I just need something. I just need numbers. I just need produ- something to produce. I just need to reach goals. Yep. Yeah. And I think it's, the difficulty can be is that we we're looking for something tangible to be able to grab a hold of as far as environment. And many times I think you have to look at the outcome. So what is happening with, uh, with the team? Are they working together well as a team? Are they backbiting? Are they second guessing? Are they, um, are they just not healthy? And many, always, that is an indication that the team needs some help, needs some health. So I think, you have to chase after the outcome. You have to identify the outcome in order to be able to recognize that the team is either healthy or not healthy. You know, we say around here that that culture is more important than vision. Yeah. That culture eats vision all day long. And everyone's like, man, you just got to have great vision, great vision, great vision. But if there's not this healthy culture, you can have all the vision in the world, uh, but yeah. it's not going to... You know, Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 26, he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. And verse 28 is so powerful to me. It says, all by itself, the soil produces grain. Hmm. And I think, you know, instead of us trying to focus on um, production and numbers and um, you know, uh, 
we need to focus more on what's the condition of the soil? Mm-hmm. What's the condition of the atmosphere? Yeah. H- how, are we, how are we cultivating a good environment? Because if we focus on that, Jesus said, the seed is going to grow all by, all by itself. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's the key. Is let's look at, instead of looking at, look at the outcome for an indicator but you can't just focus on gr- numbers, growth. That's a byproduct of health, a byproduct yes. of, of culture, a byproduct of clean, vi- clear vision. You know, vision is where you're aiming. It's, it's the end goal of where you want to get. Culture is a part of the plan to get from where you are to getting there. You know, I was thinking about some of the things that uh, we've implemented here at, in, in our staff, here on our team. Uh, and, and so I, I want to just give you guys just quickly, I'm not going to comment much, much on these but these are just some things that we've tried to, and we got to constantly do these uh, to deposit them deep in, in our, our people. Um, number one, we will have difficult conversations with people. Hmm. I think that's a great... Yeah. Healthy relationships have difficult conversations. And you have to. You know, another thing I like to say is confrontation often is a missing tool in the toolbox. We don't, so many times, we want to avoid confrontation. And I get it. It's not always comfortable. But do all that you need to do to have relational equity. So when you have to have that hard conversation, that confrontational, difficult conversation, you can have it. And the person that you're having it with knows your heart, knows that you love and care for them. You want nothing but the best for them. Yeah, we tell our people around here, just don't wear your emotions on your sleeves. Because we're going to be very real with with each other. Yep. But we love you. Unhealthy organizations, they never get they never get real with each yeah. other. And then that's when there's this big explosion. You're like, Bleh. <laughs> in marriages too. Yeah. There's sure. no there's no uh, difficult conversations ever. Mm-hmm. It's just hey, we just never fight. We never go through anything. And yeah, yeah. Typically, it's uh, there's a personality profile that calls that person an avoider. So that could be that they're just avoiding the so hard conversations. We're, we're going to create difficult, we're not going to create, we're going to have difficult <laughs> yes. conversations when needed. Iron sharps iron, iron sharpens iron. Number two, we expect in our culture here that you will be growing. So you can't be uh, dormant, you know, in your, in your growth spiritually, in leadership, mm-hmm. um, and still be on staff here at Life Fellowship at yep. our church. That's right. Yeah. As a part of oversight, it's it's something I talk about with every person that I oversee every, every two weeks. What are you doing to grow personally? And we dig into what that looks like. So how are you doing spiritually? Many times, as you know, you can work in a church and think that you're getting all the spiritual growth that you need, and that's not reality. So we press into that. We want to challenge people. You have to grow. We share back and forth with our staff. Hey, here's a great podcast. Here's a great uh, book. Here's a great resource to help you grow. So we all... We definitely so we don't just ask them to do it. We inspect it. We force feed at times. We're yeah. like, hey, we're all going to listen to this. We're yeah. all going to watch this. We're all going to read this together. Uh, number three, believe the best about each other. Yeah. This That's is, huge. It is. And of all of these, it may be the one that uh, that I like the most. And honestly, it's the one I have to use the most when I'm talking with a staff member or or someone who may be crossed up a little bit with another, if it's a staff, another staff person. Nine and a half out of 10 times, I can point back to this one as the thing that's not happening. Uh, and it doesn't happen often, but I love that we have this as part of our culture because it, I just have, I remind myself and I have to remind my, our team, are you assuming the best in one another? And, and honestly, instantly, every, it, it helps not, it doesn't remove everything. It just helps shift the mindset to say, you know, that's, I do, I have to assume the best in Yeah, I'm in not that assuming person. the worst. Right. 
And think about working in a culture like that. Think about being in a family like that, where yeah. as you as the, the husband or the, the wife are creating a culture where, man, we are assuming the best about our kids. Yeah. Yep. You know, and... And, and here's another one, number number four, we will play together. <laughs> fun. It is yeah. one of the four Fs that I talk about in Oversight as well. Mm-hmm. Fun. What are you doing for fun? Well, are, we were just talking about it today. All of our, our guys were talking about when we we would go backpacking. <laughs> Camping. Camping. And we showed up here at the uh, at the at the church, all of us guys, and we just had all of the uh the staff uh, guys bring their sons too. So we get here and Pastor Stefan <laughs> was so excited because when everybody showed up. We had actual live chickens. Three live chickens we're taking with us camping. <laughs> He's like, and then like my boy Nash, he had to hold one. So he had we had to hike like eight miles with this chicken. And then Nash had, <laughs> they to, were kill, in bags. He had to kill the chicken and defeather it. And then yes. we grilled it up over the... Uh, it was dinner. That was dinner. Yes. <laughs> that was quite an experience for sure. <laughs> like, man, what's for dinner? And he's like, it's in that bag. And it's like... Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> well, that's a chick. That's a turkey. But anyways, I mean... You know, we're trying to get our our uh, our staff right now because they're so determined, they're so yeah. focused on what yeah. they do. But to take breaks and go play basketball or ping pong or, yeah. you know, just go play Connect Four. Just take a break and just talk. We're even talking about going to do a thing in uh, the end of October of this year called War Games. <laughs> yeah, that we want to go take our entire staff to go play paint- paintball together yep. and then go eat. Barbecue. That's right. I'm I'm pushing for it in November so I can wear a little more clothing. Those paintballs hurt. But we're <laughs> but I think playing together. Uh, let me just read these last yes. ones here. Um, we're gonna fight for unity. I'll just tell you that the enemy wants to. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do everything we can to support each other to bring unity to believe the best. N- number number six. We're gonna pray together. Man, that's powerful. I think if you are in a place that that is um, something that you can do, boy, that binds you together when you pray together. Jesus did that all the time with his staff, with his teams. And then um, lastly, we're going to be motivated. Uh, we're not going to have mules on our staff. Uh, we want a team. We, we constantly are, are embedding into our, our team that you know we want you not to be the mule, but to be the horse. And, and what we've discovered is this, that unmotivated people require effort. But motivated people give inspired effort. So our goal isn't so much to motivate people, but to unlock what's already um, there inside of them, so that that becomes the motivation in their life. So they run, they run after it. And so we really work hard to um, to to find people that are going to be a part of our team that are self motivators. And if if there's ever something that is kind of sputtering out on the inside, we always kind of investigate and say, okay, why is that happening? What is it that actually really motivates you so that we can we can get you employed into that, uh, mm-hmm. put those gifts gifts to work? And I think that it's our job as leaders to create a healthy environment. We can't pass the buck to somebody else. Definitely not. What is in the head will be in the body. So it has to come from the from the leadership. Have you ever been in uh, around a, a team that really has some bad? Uh, <laughs> yeah, part of what environment I, culture. For sure. Part of what I got to do before I was here at Life Fellowship was I, uh, I coached and consulted and resourced pastors and churches around the United States, actually around the around the world. I was able to be in Portugal and Africa and Poland and several places. So I, I, it it gave me the opportunity to to interact with hundreds of churches. So I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly of those things. Um, 
there there have been times where you you start assessing again as I'm looking at outcomes. I I would uh, meet with a team and get an idea of of some of the challenges, some of the struggles they were facing, uh, and it always pointed back to a breakdown. Not always a failure necessarily of an individual, but a breakdown in a in a system that uh, wasn't being paid attention to close enough. Often it would be an individual, but there are. Uh, I think you have said it, and I've heard others say it, but. Um, Good systems make bad leaders look good, and bad systems make great leaders look bad. So uh, systems help in that regard. And, and for a healthy environment, uh, having a system, a process that will help you have these, the things that you just talked about, the seven things of healthy culture, uh, having difficult conversations, always growing, all of those having something systematic that helps people walk through that so that you, whether you're in business, whether you're in uh, the church business or the church world, um, you have to be intentional about having a healthy environment. Uh, I, I remember a church that I was visiting with and the, um, the staff was having significant turnover, lots of difficulty. Uh, and the turnover, they couldn't figure out what the turnover w- was caused by. Uh, it didn't take long, not that I'm, I'm anything, but I was an outside set of eyes. So many times an outside set of eyes coming in and taking a look at something can identify the challenge. But it didn't take too long to see that there was a, uh, a leadership, they were, they were making a shift in leadership. There was a new senior leader and he was developing a, a support staff under him, an executive level staff that wasn't fully developed. But under that, there was a full team and they were all used to looking up for guidance and leadership the team that he was putting together wasn't fully developed. So the team was struggling because they didn't have clear direction, clear uh, ideas of where they were headed. They didn't know to ha- how to have the healthy conversations, difficult conversations. They, they, when they faced obstacles, they didn't instantly st- believe the best in one another because there were a lot of new people. They didn't have relational equity. Uh, the end result of that is what, what I was called in to help diagnose was why is the why is there such turnover? Why are people leaving so so much? And it was because, and and it took them a while to listen to the prescription of putting systems in place, putting the team in place, and developing the culture that is then healthy and that it, it it's then a sticky culture. It's a culture that people want to be a part of. When you're having fun at work, you want to be at work. Yeah, when you're having fun, when you're moving the ball forward yeah. and the mission is clear and man, yeah, I know you're where I'm together. Winning. Yeah. And I think that's one of the great things uh, for those of us that are, maybe you're a parent, maybe you're uh, in involved in a ministry or leading a ministry or leading in the marketplace, you have to take authority over those um, culture um, thieves, <laughs> those culture killers. You know, when there's somebody that always has a bad attitude, well, you need to deal with that. Yes. Yeah. You know, if there's somebody that's not pulling their weight and they're not growing, they're not, you know, they refuse to be held accountable for anything they do. Well, that is undermined. Listen, when you don't address a, uh, a staff member, a um, whoever, and when, when you don't have that hard conversation with them and you let them keep on getting away, you feed that gorilla and you actually demoralize everybody else. Everybody else. Because yep. yep. they're like, man, I'm just... I'm busting my tail out here. I'm working my tail off. I'm sacrificing all this. And this other guy doesn't do nothing. And yep. nobody says anything about them. I'm just going to get a lot. Yeah. Yep. And, and the result of that is, is everybody then is demoralized. And the, in, the end result is they aren't 
they aren't getting the they aren't moving towards the goal. They aren't accomplishing what you want them to accomplish. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Another way I say that is you're perfectly equipped to get the results you're getting. So in other words, if you allow that to happen over and over and over again, wait, say get, that again. You're what? You're you're perfectly equipped to get the results you're getting. In other words, if if you allow that whatever that negative person, that naysayer, that that person that isn't pulling their weight, if you allow them to continue doing that and expect a different result, you're not going to get a different result. You are allowing it. So what you allow will continue to be repeated. So you have to do things different. Come on, everybody. Let's get a healthy environment. You can do this. You are a leader. God's called you to be a leader. So change that. Like make it happen. Let the God on the inside of you, the Lord himself flow out of you and change the environment. Number two, you develop a winning team by equipping them. Mm-hmm. So equipping is 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 what you do, and and really honestly, it's unfair to ex- it's unfair to expect people to do something when you didn't give them the right tools to work with. <laughs> so sometimes we're like, well, why aren't you doing this? And they're like, because you didn't give me, you know, what? Th- I, I, here's what I've discovered about people: everybody wants to succeed. Yes, everybody wants to grow. Everyone wants to be better, and I think that. You know, as those that lead others, which is what we're believing that is going to happen with everyone that listens, you need to begin to empower other people, give them the tools that they need so that they can they can thrive. Yeah. We want to develop leaders, yes. not followers. Yep. Equipping is a key. You know, we we want to recruit, uh, train you or equip you, and then release you to do what you're trained to do. Part of, I mentioned oversight earlier, but part of what I do with the, with the team that I oversee, one of the questions I ask is, what do you need from me? Is there a resource or anything that you need from me that's keeping you from doing what I've asked you to do? We have clearly defined job descriptions, so everybody knows what the goal is. Is there anything that you can't do because you don't have what you need to get it done? That's a great question that parents can be asking your kids. Yeah, absolutely. What do you need from me to yeah. help you to excel in school, in, business. in life, and business? Yeah, your business business leaders. Ask your salesperson, what are, what's keeping you from accomplishing what I've asked you to do? Is there anything that I can do to help you with that? You know, I came across this interesting quote from Henry Ford. And this, listen to this. I think this is, well, I'll give you my comment on it afterwards. He said this, why is it that I... I have to get the whole person when all I want is their hands. <laughs> yeah. Like he was developing the assembly line. So mm-hmm. he wasn't interested in the person. He wasn't, he was developing uh really followers and and not a leaders. Yes. And I think that kind of mindset, I just need a bunch of people to do a bunch of specific tasks and just do that. I think that's a downfall in leadership. Mm-hmm. I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. So many leaders just want people to do a task. Yeah. And, and that's not a win. And that's not what he was looking for, I believe. He, he was looking, he needed people to just get the job done. Just, he need doers, not leaders. So yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's a fail yep. in, my, in my book. I, I want people that are here, I don't care what position that you are in here in the church. I don't care what position you are in, in, um, uh, in the marketplace. I want people to be developed so that they can grow. You know, there's that old statement that if you feed a man a fish, you you feed him for a day. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you actually feed him for a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather do that. It's what we should be doing. And it's what we're doing here at Life Fellowship. In fact, these are just a couple of things that we do here, some practical things, um, tools that we do to help equip leaders. Uh, Number one, we give them boundaries. 
you know, people are like, well, boundaries are restrictive. <laughs> we don't think so. Yeah, they're guidelines. They're they're guardrails, if you will. They keep you in in the lane of knowing what they protect you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Get on top of an of a fifty foot uh sky, a fifty story skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without a rail. Yeah. Stand on a deck uh, mm-hmm. of your house that's on the second floor that doesn't have a rail. Yeah, it, it, it's it's there for your protection. It protects you from doing something stupid yeah. that will end up hurting you or yeah. others. And I feel like we actually equip our people to, to say, go wherever you want, dream, create, do whatever it is. But these are the boundaries, and we have yeah. them there for your protection and for our people's protection. For sure. Yeah. It's so important. So we equip them with that. Yes. Uh, another one is training. Yes. So leaders do what leaders learn. Yeah, it's a great statement. So, you know, if you're... If you're not um, teaching your teams, if you're not training them, I think that we are actually doing them a disservice. We're not equipping them. And great teams, winning teams, are constantly learning because leaders do what leaders learn. Number three is correct delegation. (laughs) I've said it like this for years. Delegation without definition brings disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Another way I say it here is only do what only you can do. In other words, I want you to accomplish what I, what your strength is, what your ability, what I've hired you to do. Everything else, I want you to delegate. I want you to hand off to somebody else. You know what's interesting about that one, and that's so good, because as organizations grow, the things that you used to do, yeah, you really don't need to be doing those anymore yeah. if the organization is going to continue to grow. And some people just can't let go. For sure, yeah, and that, it's a challenge. And and honestly, many times they have to be given permission. Uh, not always. There are times where it's it's so much of who they are. They get their identity out of what they've done, and it's it was a a time of success. So they want to hang right there because man, I want to relive that. But many times it's just a matter of giving giving them permission to say, I want you to do only do what only you can do. And honestly, many times it's a very small amount of things. It's uh, it's not the full days work for most of us. You know, you you challenged me on that when you first uh, got here. We <laughs> yes. would have, uh, I would send out every quarter, every person that would give to the church. I would sign, I would print out these, uh, I would write these whole letters and I would give all these reports and then I would sign like every one of them. And it was like 800 pieces of paper I was signing. It would take me a half a day to sign it all. Yes. My hand would be exhausted. <laughs> and you looked at me and said, why what are, are you, you signing all those pieces of paper? <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, they have to have my signature because if, if my signature is not on the piece of paper... It means nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> that nobody will give and people are going to leave the church and it's just going to be the worst thing in the world. Yep. And it actually took me a couple times of banging my head yeah. uh, where you kept challenging me in a healthy, great way. And now, you know what? I don't send those out. It's amazing. Yes. <laughs> we st- we keep moving forward. Everything's still going okay. Yeah. yeah. It, it, in fact, it's going better than it's ever been before. Yep. Yeah. And I don't sign one of those. Uh, yeah. So I can invest my time elsewhere where it actually really matters. Yeah. I love that practical example. But there are hundreds and hundreds of those examples. It becomes the leadership lid. If if you hang on to things that you shouldn't be hanging on to, then the the ceiling gets hit right there. Instead of just releasing it so that your ceiling can continue to advance, and others will rise up. So how about encouragement? I think you need to, uh, we, uh, if you're a leader, if, if you're breathing, <laughs> you need encouragement <laughs> and it matters so much when the leader looks at you and just says these simple words, you know what? 
I just want you to know, I think you're doing a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It, people need to know. It, it, and I think you touched on it earlier. They need to know what the target is. What are they aiming at? They need to understand some progress that they're making and they need to pat it on the back when they're, when they're doing what you've asked them to do. You know, we've told our, our people this, that we want you to build great teams. We don't hire you to do a job. We hire you to build teams mm -hmm. to empower others. And we ask you that it be such a great leader that you work yourself out of a job. Yeah. And if, if, if our team will do that, the person that will work themselves out of a job, they'll find that they really haven't lost their job. We're going to promote them to do something else sure. because that's somebody. We need to replicate that. We, I wanna, yeah, I want to yeah. duplicate that person. Yes. For sure. So think about that. Who are you duplicating? Who, who are the Timothys that you're raising up? Paul had a Timothy. Jesus had his 12. I mean, everything that we do here today is because Jesus, it's not because he spoke to the masses. It's not because of the, you know, the, the, the 72 that, you know, were that half of them ran away from him when he said some things. Mm -hmm. It's because of the, really the 11. Yeah. Because Judas really wasn't a part of that. It, I mean, it was the 11. We're here today because Jesus developed a team. Mm -hmm. He poured into them. He corrected them. He encouraged them. He gave them boundaries. He gave them tasks. Um, here's number three. I hope you're learning something out of this today. Number three, I'm having such a good time. This is so good. Number three, you build a great team by exposing your team to great leadership. So leaders do what leaders see. So I'll put it to you like this, that when I was in Bible college, um, I had zero questions about how to be a pastor. I mean, I, you could have asked me questions. I mean, I could, you, you could have asked me, hey, do you have any questions about? I would have had none. I, I really wouldn't have had many about leadership at all because I had not been exposed to real life. Mm -hmm. And when you're not exposed to real life, um, it, you, you don't, you don't have the perspective of what you need. And I think that when you expose your team to great leaders, to great, for us, great ministries, or maybe you in the marketplace, to other great businesses, and um, everybody gets better. Yeah, and you have to be getting better. I, I encourage myself and I encourage our team all the time. What are you doing? And we touched on earlier. What are you doing to grow? Who are you, who are you gleaming from? Uh, there are phenomenal leaders out here that honestly right here in our in our area in the DFW area in North Dallas they're great leaders why aren't we and we are but I challenge our team lean into others who can help you be better uh, leadership it will happen when you see what other leaders are doing and that can be within the organization like here at Life Fellowship but even reaching outside of that we don't want to be limited by the bubble or by the 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 environment that we live in yeah. we want to we want to see outside of it and see and dream big dreams and sometimes we have to get outside of our forest in order or outside of our group of trees to see the forest yeah we got to be around people that are bigger better faster stronger smarter yes. they've yeah. gone places we've and never gone and don't be gone. intimidated by that it's so easy especially in 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 competitive worlds I'm, and and as bad as i hate to admit it many times churches are competitive. They're the worst sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Instead of being competitive, let's look at the capital C church and say, how do we all do this better and trust God with doing what he wants to do at Life Fellowship or at any other church? Yeah. You know, um, exposure is so important uh, for, for your teams because, you know, now that I've been exposed to a senior pastor role, I have more questions than I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I am, I feel like I'm a novice. Like, 
I've realized how much I don't know. Yeah. When I first started, man, I knew everything. <laughs> I remember thinking, my, my dad doesn't know how to do anything. I'm going to teach him how to do this and this and this. But I tell people all the time, four, four feet will change your world from that side of the desk to this side of the desk. For sure. Because exposure to actual real-life problems, um, you know, real-life leaders and all, you know, pastors or whatever, you know, your specialty is, uh, is the one of the one of the best things for your teams. Yes. And and let me just say let me just say one more thing here before we go. And this uh, I'm so excited about this because this is so true. The reason why oftentimes we're not building great teams is because too many of us are trying to mother our followers rather than lead our followers. Mm-hmm. And I would just I would challenge those of you that you have leaders underneath you or you have those that you are leading uh, don't protect young leaders from difficulties. Mm-hmm. They have to feel the um, the brunt of it. They have to feel the pain of it. They have to feel the weight of it, because that's the only way that you're going to ever grow. Yeah. You know, I think about when when you work out in the gym, uh, when when you're when you're you know you're curling weight or you're bench pressing or whatever, your muscles are not actually growing in that moment. They're actually being ripped up. A lot of people think, well, I'm going to work out and that's where I'm going to get, that's where my muscles are going to build. They're not, they're not being built in that moment. It's when you're going through the resistance and the pain, that's when your muscles are actually being ripped down, torn apart. It's when you eat right and you sleep well, like Hmm. when you're sleeping and you're eating healthy, that's when your muscles are actually growing. And I think it's so good that leaders get exposed to pain. Yes. Yeah. Suffering, difficulties. So that their leadership muscles, their pastoral muscles, or whatever, yeah. rips. Yeah, yeah, and it, I love then carry that analogy on forward to eating well. So being in a healthy environment, so that you're fed spiritually well, and that you are eating well, but also that you're resting well. You have to rest. So leadership is absolutely pour out, pour out, give, give, develop more leaders. Uh, I love Patrick Lencioni's book, The Motive. Uh, it, the sub the the theory of that is why do you lead? What, what's the motivation for leading? Are you leading to make yourself better? Or are you leading to make others better? So doing that continually, it drains you. So you need, you're going to feel the, the tearing of the muscles, of the leadership muscles, but then feed yourself well. Feed yourself spiritually and rest. Take some time off. Take a break. Press, press pause. Well, we need to do a whole thing on rest. <laughs> we do. I just came back from sabbatical uh, uh, for, uh, uh, less than a month ago, so I'm I'm geared up uh, to talk about it. Oh, uh, we need to do that another time. Let's we don't do have it. any time That's today. That's right, out of time. But hey, I hope you guys really enjoyed uh, today. I know I did. I got I got a lot out of this. I'm so inspired to even be a better leader. Even just listening to you today, uh, Jeff, and you know just some of the things that we talked about. And uh, I just really believe that God has placed you in that position for such a time as this. So don't pass the buck. Don't just say, well, somebody else needs to do this. No, no, no. You rise up. You be the leader. Yes. You be the one that God has called you to be, and and God will inspire you. He'll use you, and he'll, he'll promote you. He'll make you distinguished. And so, hey, everybody, develop that winning team, that winning family, that winning ministry. And I want you to know that I love you. We're praying for you. I hope you guys have a great day. God bless.